You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Well hey there everybody, it's me Joe Thrashenkill You're listening to another thrilling episode of The Toilet of Hell Radio Show I'm joined today by the good and golden boy The internet sweetheart, you know him, you love him He's 365 days of horror, or as I like to call him, Jordan Jordan, how are you? I'm good, how are you Joe? Uh, you know, I'm trying my best. Uh, according to my coworkers, I'm now an official black black cloud uh, at uh, at work, which means that uh, where I go, pain, misery, and death follow. So, um, trying to to keep my sunny disposition in the midst of all of that. So, what's the opposite of that at work? Do people refer to themselves as like Nimbus or like white clouds? <laughs> or- you know, pink clouds at sunset. Like they don't get a designation. You're I don't, import- I don't think they have a name. You're important yeah. enough to receive a designation. That's pretty cool. And it sounds very metal. It, it yeah, no. I I almost said black flag instead of black cloud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just rising against every single every single day at work. No, uh I I've had an incredibly bad uh run of luck uh with incredibly sick patients. Like that episode that we did for Mad God, uh I had a a guy who looked perfectly healthy just collapse and die on me about two hours before we recorded that episode. We coded him for an hour straight, didn't get any life out of him, like young, healthy looking guy. So it all kind of went downhill from there. And uh, I don't see this turning around anytime soon. Uh, So my word of advice uh, is if you're in the uh, DFW area, don't come to the ER while I'm working. (laughs) Instead of the like, do not serve this man posters outside convenience stores, you do not take checks from this man. It's like, do not receive <laughs> care from this man. It's just a picture of your shocked face. Yeah, that, that would probably be the, the best advice I can muster there. So uh, in the midst yesterday of uh, having psych patients pissing on the floor and, you know, uh, telling me to go fuck myself, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I had a couple of people that were like legitimately dying. It was like, okay, well, I've got this freak uh, running around uh, causing havoc uh, while I'm trying my best to ignore him and hope that he doesn't hurt himself or anybody else while I'm trying to save the life of these other people in these other rooms. Really tough stuff. So uh, with that kind of a, as a, 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 a note to start the show, we should probably focus on much more pressing matters. How does that sound? There's a lot to get to and only so much time to get to it. So we might as well. For the most pressing thing I can I can think of at this exact moment, Creed is really having a moment, aren't they? People are talking about Creed. People are thinking about Creed. People are going to see Creed. They are paying good money to see this band that has... Well, been a joke in one way or another for 20 years it's kind of like the limp vacation of creed just like oh they're back now oh we've always loved them let's pretend that we didn't say all those horrible things about them for so long it is really funny like yeah uh they've somehow uh surpassed all of the many decades of jokes about them and you know at the time uh contemporaneously they were the the laughing stock of the hard rock scene uh, because they were fake kind of Christian, and everybody always made fun of uh, you know Scott Stapp doing the Jesus Christ poses in every possible scenario, um, and for his silly butt rock voice. But uh, hey, here we are. Uh, they sold out the Creed cruise 
and they're on their way to doing what will surely be an incredibly successful world tour. Um, furthermore, now when we talked about, uh, we did that episode on fantasy label ball. Uh, we were, we were, uh, what was it? Sanctuary media that has, uh, Tremonti's record contract. I think Napalm had uh, Creed or at least, yeah. um, Scott Stapp solo stuff. <clears throat> I think they had Tremonti as well. So, we were talking about this, you know, we were talking about ways that we can make the Creed reunion happen so that we could shower ourselves with so much money. Uh, whatever, like, enterprising, um, you know, label VP was like, how do we attach Creed uh, to this unlikely team to win the World Series? Uh, I got to say, that guy probably deserves a bonus. Uh, every uh, mainstream article I saw about the Texas Rangers, the awful team I've been a fan of since I was a, a small boy, uh, noted how in the postseason they were powered by Creed. <laughs> nah, baseball teams are so lame. Baseball players I are know. so lame. It's, well, we just got a cowboy up and played baseball harder. And like then they sell T-shirts that say cowboy up. Or when we're really listening to Creed and now we're champions. It's just like, ugh. At least like football players and basketball players are cool. They dress cool. They have style. They uh, have rappers that like want them to be in their videos. And it's just like Creed for baseball. It's very appropriate. It is. Uh, I've, as I mentioned, I've been a, a fan of the awful uh, Texas Rangers since the 90s. Um, so lots of heartbreak. Uh, but I'd say the real <clears throat> inshitification of that team came not with George W. Bush owning the team for a short amount of time, but actually the addition of Josh Hamilton uh, in the 2000s. Do you remember him? He was the guy who would mash baseballs and didn't he have addiction issues too? Yeah, he had addiction issues. Uh, he had cool tattoos all over and stuff, but he became a born again and he brought this infectious uh awful mega church vibe to the clubhouse which is yet to be expelled uh for a while there and they still are to be honest with you players would get up to bat you know their walkout songs would be like Hillsong or like newsboys or like just this awful contemporary christian music oh i was uh, so i was hoping it was going to be like the intro to the righteous gemstones just That'd be so bad. I would love to walk out there and mash a dinger to like misbehaving. <laughs> Mama told me not to. I did it anyway. <laughs> misbehaving. Uh, but no, they don't have taste or, you know, a sense of humor or anything like that. So you're just getting out there like, Lord, I lift your name on high. And all I the think... fans like 15 beers deep, like in the stands are like, I don't want to go to church tomorrow. <laughs> I think I'd still take that over sweaty Boston people warbling along to sweet Caroline. It's tough, man. It's, it's tough to say which one's really worse. I feel like I grew up in the sweaty armpit of, you know, uh, this mega church, fake Christian bullshit. So, uh, I, I have more distaste for it than, you know, the drunk crowds doing sweet Caroline personally. Singing a song by Neil Diamond being extremely horny for like an underage Caroline Kennedy. um so i say this to say um the creed fascination with uh, the texas rangers is very appropriate because it is also vaguely christian it's just one of those things that like it's so out of time and so out of fashion but it makes sense that it's all coming together now 
the big pants are coming back. The distasteful butt rock bands that are vaguely Christian are coming back. All of uh, some of the worst cycles that have been out of fashion for a very long time are here again. To which I say, how do we make some money off of it? Hmm. Do you have any ideas? I, I think you got to look back to like the the heat seekers charts from the time and the billboard charts and see what was popular and see which bands have kind of fallen off since then and get them to reform and do a package tour. See what I'm thinking here is I'm kind of going a, 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 a similar, but opposite direction. You know how every, every neighborhood has like the rockabilly barbershop now, like where you go in and you get the same haircut as everybody else. You get the shaved on the sides, the little pompadour, maybe to use the straight razor to carve a line into the side of your head for some reason. Yeah, yeah. So basically, anywhere you go in the United States, no matter how small or shitty your town is, you have one of those with a rockabilly barber who will do that for you. Uh, what I'm saying is I'm going to open up across the street a place that has like boutique goatee trimming services because I think the goatee is going to come back in a big way. And I want to go ahead and put my name out there as like the uh, the goatee guy, the guy who will craft you the perfect late 90s goatee. Goatees and frosted tips and dads buying Honda Civics from 1998 and tricking them out. Um. I also think the Goku button down uh, with flames on the side is going to be a big. So, you know, uh, if we can go ahead and start manufacturing those again, we'll be in we'll be in good shape. Shirts with dice instead of buttons. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's going to be huge. Um, so uh, looking forward to seeing Creed uh, on tour at a uh, pavilion near me. Uh, I will have the. Uh, most accessorized goatee in the crowd. You can bet on that. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll try to make a nickel and a dime here in some way or another. Um, what do you think this means that uh, Creed is now having a moment here in 2023? Is it a, a sign of good things to come or bad? Well, they were popular, what, right around, right before the Iraq War. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure everything's going to be fine. If, if anything, it's just a reminder of how we now in our age we are in the older demographic the what is it the 21 to 49 where we are consumers and we don't spend as much money as we used to when we were younger so we are more selective in what we go to and what we see and what we want now especially during incredibly bad times is happy nostalgia we want things that make us feel good and young and happy when we used to when we were younger so it makes sense that you have the sick new world festivals and creed coming back and godsmack coming back with promising not to make music and <laughs> so there you go we are being served with what we actually truly want for as many of us that like are desperate for oh, i wish there was new bands i wish this i wish that it's nice to have the old stuff that we still listen to like we get lots of promo albums, and I listen to a bunch of them, but I always find myself coming back to that old stuff. Well, I can tell you what I don't, what I actually want, what in my core I want the most is not a Creed reunion. It's for Scott Stapp to release the sex tape he made with uh, Kid Rock. <laughs> well, if they so. ever play halftime uh, at the Super Bowl, perhaps we can get some hacker friends to find it and put it up on the jumbo LED massive screen. 
God, this anonymous. If you're still out there, this is your moment. Put on your Guy Fox mask and and get to hacking. Um, I don't know, man. You you mentioned kind of going back to the things that you always listen to, and I I actually I've tried an experiment this last week here, in my in my music listening. Um, so Bandcamp, you know, we talked about it last week that it's likely, you know, <clears throat> probably not long for this world, uh, so to speak. Um. I have a massive Bandcamp collection. So I found this um, uh, Google Chrome extension that allows you to, like, with one click, download your entire Bandcamp collection. So I downloaded all, like, 800 records I bought over the last almost 10 years. And I also got on Facebook Marketplace, and I spent $50 on an iPod Classic with, like, 80 gig capacity. So I put the entire Bandcamp collection on um, an old school iPod and I've been trying to spend less time on my phone and more time. Well, I don't want let me let me rephrase this. I want to spend less time on my phone, but I don't want to actually engage with the world because that's how <laughs> that's how you bum yourself out. So I just have my iPod plugged into my ears instead and really spending time engaging with the music that I've listened to like a handful of times, but I haven't given the proper time it's due has been a really great experience for me that I would highly recommend for others as well, especially if you feel like you are uh, sort of like overwhelmed with uh, options for listening to music, just kind of making this selection of things that you've already purchased, but probably haven't given a lot of time to. Um, it's been uh, a really rewarding listening experience, I would say. Especially if you buy uh, an old iPod that still has some of the music preloaded onto it. <laughs> so uh, the guy, the one that I bought, like uh, he had, um, let's see, the complete discography of like um, uh, Young Boy NBA, uh, like uh, Gucci Mane, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just like and. Um, a couple of movies on there as well. Like he had blood in blood out and uh, up in smoke. Jason uh, Chong movie. It's like, all right, well I've, I've engaged with this art before I can probably just take it off here and replace it with my own. <laughs> Such a weird of all the movies to put on your iPod. Why that one? Uh, Cause he was like a young Mexican dude that likes to smoke weed and listen to rap. I guess those are like, he also had like, um, how high is like a, a movie sure. saved with like a little two inch screen on the iPod classic It's fun. I, the retro tech is a lot of fun. I, I can smell that iPod through the speakers. It does stink a little bit to be honest with you, but that's part of the charm. <laughs> and like, if I gave this guy cash, if he could go buy just some weed, that makes it even better for me. I think you probably could have saved money and just given him weed directly. That's true. That's true. Um, bartering is the new economy in some in some ways but i would i would recommend this uh for folks that feel like they're overwhelmed with there's always shit coming out there's always something that somebody's telling you you got to listen to just trying to find a way to disengage from a constant hype cycle and focus on music the way that like you and i had to focus on music back when music costs money and we we only had so much of it to listen to that we could afford um, cause I feel like I got so much more out of things when I had to listen to things repeatedly. Uh, and I was able to engage more critically with the, the art that way. I don't know. Am I alone on that? Do you feel the same? Yeah, it's, 
you're making the commitment to put this CD into your CD player in your car stereo or in your stereo in your home. And you're going to listen to it while you study or work or just hang out in your room. And, you know, that's part of it's just technology. You can bounce around and listen to whatever you want with the click of a button on your phone. So it's just access to it. And, you know, at the same time, once you're like uploading it to places, you could leave tracks out if you're not feeling it at that moment where like as a CD or a cassette, you know, you have to fast forward, but it's still there. You don't completely lose yeah. it. So you may find it again at some point. Whereas like if you just don't upload it or you don't download that one track, it's possibly lost to you. And it's one of those weird things that uh, I guess you got to consider now with what you want to do with your music. You're you're not stuck with stuff and you don't eventually listen to it and learn to love it or you know, figure out maybe why you don't like it. It's just gone if you choose not to have it with you. Yeah. So, and I guess that's the way, the, the way that the medium has changed with releasing an album. It's no longer, um, you know, people will sit down and listen to it front to back at least at least once to try to get something out of it before deciding that I don't like that one. I'll never hear it again. Um, and now it's just like, I might listen to one or two tracks and never engage with anything else. I, I, I might have bought your entire discography on Bandcamp for a buck and I listen to one song and nothing else. Um, just trying to to kind of force it uh, to, to remember what it was like to engage with music seriously. So with that being said, I would like to no longer engage with music in any way seriously, if that's okay with you. Uh, instead, I would like to treat it as something that is uh, maybe an accessory, uh, something that is not worth um, putting time or effort into making or consuming. I would like to make it as disposable as possible. Now, how do you recommend we go about that? Uh, sell out to a large faceless corporation. I mean, I guess that's one way of going about it. I I'm thinking like, what if we just... Rather than like, uh, you know, treat this like uh, one of the few things that uh, humans can create that's, you know, really special. We just fed it into uh, fucking AI and let it spit out some horseshit and then pretend that it's good. Uh, is is that is that acceptable to you? It's not acceptable to me, but it seems like it's going to be the way that some of these labels are trying to make it happen. They're trying to make it happen. And um, I guess that these guys didn't learn the object lesson of the shredders, which the lesson, if you don't remember, is you can spend a lot of money and a lot of promotion uh, trying to make your AI music project happen, but nobody wants this shit. And uh, as we've proven time and time again, looking at the actual numbers behind the shredders, uh, it's engaged with by a number of like maybe two or so dozen people, including us. Mm -hmm. Um, so go ahead. I have to disagree a little bit because a lesson has been learned between the shredders and now, and it's that you have to use a gimmick that people, nerds, may actually want to listen to and explore and learn. You know, the gimmick of the shredders was we're just like weird, gross metal guys with some stupid background about making a deal with the devil. And that yeah, well, it, it was it was it was gorillas is what right. they tried to do, uh, except with metal. 
And they even made all of those. Uh, I don't know if you watched them because I, I I did. Uh, all of these fucking lore videos for YouTube, in which like somebody like real people spent a lot of time and effort with these puppets trying to make these lore videos, trying to get anybody to possibly give a shit. Uh, and if you look at it, they have like maybe 10, 12, 15 views on these multiple lore videos. Nobody gives a fucking shit. So uh, we got to try something else. So as you're saying, what if it was that exact thing, but more? <laughs> that exact thing, but a different thing that can appeal to people who like the thing. Because when you think about it, most of the bands we listen to are just people. Guys. It's just yeah. guys mostly, and they're varying degrees of cool and lame. And then the music takes over. With this, the music doesn't really matter. It's just kind of a delivery system to get your money. Um, so lesson learned is have a better gimmick or have a gimmick where people will focus on that more than the fact that the music and the lyrics are not real. Right. So what is it? We got a promo this week, and uh, after getting the promo, I remembered that this thing exists. There is a new AI band called Frostbite or Kings. Okay. That sounds like an AI-generated name because it sucks shit. Sucks shit. And Orc Kings is one word. So, of course um, it perhaps is. It's, perhaps it's a first name, last name sort of deal. Hi, I'm, I'm Frostbite or Kings. Please, my dad's Mr. Orc Kings. Just call me Frostbite. Yeah. Oh, God. So um, the, the, the gimmick uh, is that they are orcs and that their video right. is computer generated Warcraft looking orc people where all their songs are about smashing and raising your hammer up high and all the other usual stuff that goes along with this type of music. And the difference is, I guess, between the shredders and this is that there's more lore. And it's, I guess, more interesting or more appealing to the Warcraft Dungeons and Dragons type of crowd that may actually enjoy this sort of thing. Yeah, that's clearly what they're going for. And if you look at the models used for this, it's pretty clearly ripped off from existing properties like World of Warcraft, oh, yeah. uh, War Warhammer 40k, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like, if I were, um, if I worked for Blizzard. If I worked for uh, whoever the company is that does Warhammer, uh, I would probably have my lawyers ready to put my fucking boots on some necks, but I, I'm not. So, you know, for right now, this exists. Yeah, so uh, I'm, on, well, I'm on orckings.org. <laughs> They're an organization. Uh, they have a little section for who's in the band. Oh, great. We have on guitars, Alva Berylstadier. <laughs> Uh-huh. On drums, Bark Donnerhool. Mm -hmm. I'm not having a stroke. This is what it is. On vocals, we have Folkvar Jarlson. Folkvar Jarlson. Wow. This is the most Nordabu Skyrim bullshit I can imagine. <laughs> uh it gets worse. On guitars, you have Jorman Gander. And if you know your mythology, Jorman Gander is the Midgard serpent. And on base, Omar Kakao. Kakao. <laughs> Kakao. Kakao. 
Uh, okay, well, that sounds stupid, uh, mm -hmm. but surely it can't get more dumb, right? I mean, there's read more sections for each of these members. Who fucking... Oh, okay. All right, I'm, it's too early to get this mad about it. I'm just going to say calmly, who fucking cares? But clearly we do. We are engaging with this. But also, unlike the Shredders, I think people do actually care about this. Because just going to their YouTube page, and I know... Views don't necessarily mean people are interested or purchasing or liking this stuff, but they put out a lyric video nine days ago for their song, When I Fall. It has 67,000 views. I would like to note that the first video the Shredders put out had a lot of views as well, and then you saw in real time that number go down to the single digits. So I don't know that it necessarily means anything at this moment. Well, going backwards, for a song they put out two months ago, 141,000 views. Six months ago, 187,000 views. And for their first video, Guardians of Time, eight months ago, 376,000 views. So it has gone down from that, but it's still decent numbers. And it does seem like, at least more than the Shredders, that people have responded positively to it. For so some I, reason, I, I myself uh, am included in that count for the video uh, viewing list of Guardians of Time. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Um, have you seen the uh, the videos going around on uh, Twitter of uh, you know AI generated uh, Simpsons family uh, playing music with Homer singing different songs like in his voice, uh, you know popular popular songs with you know various residents of Springfield, uh, you know crumping uh, in front of the uh, in front of the crowd. I haven't seen that. I've seen a few people do like metal songs in by Homer Simpson or by SpongeBob, and they're all offensively bad. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. But like, <laughs> I've seen um, you know multiple videos now, like with um, with a fucking like Homer singing "Knights of Sidonia" by Muse uh, with the Simpsons Family Band, while like these horrible AI um, generated models of Springfield residents are dancing, and that is exactly what this video looks like to me. <laughs> um, it's it's these horrible AI models uh, just kind of kind of fucking around on a flat plane. Uh, not a lot going on here, uh, but for some reason um, that was incredibly compelling to. Roughly 300,000 quote unquote people. Um, the music itself, it's about the most generic metal taste I can imagine. Um, but, you know, there is no accounting for taste when it comes to the Nordibu type audience that this is clearly uh, aiming for. So um, it's tough to say, it's tough to, to really get a dipstick reading on it based on this alone. This is um, the worst of a monomarth. Correct. That's exactly what they set out to do, surely. Um, do you know anything about the people behind this? I don't. All I have is a press release that I got for the song that doesn't mention any actual human beings behind it. Well, how about you start with that? And then we can get into the real flesh and blood people that are responsible for this shit. So this is what caught my attention is this press release specifically. Normally, if it was just the song itself, you could just ignore it and go, that's just some weird nerd stuff. But this press release and what they brag about is what made me want to talk about this. Introducing Frostbite Orkings. 
the trailblazers of heavy metal from the metal verse. And we'll get into the metal. We'll get into the metal verse in a minute. Brace yourselves for the orchestra clips, a groundbreaking full length heavy metal album created entirely by artificial intelligence. December 22nd will be a historic moment in music. Frostbite or Kings, the powerhouse of heavy metal emerging from the metalverse, is poised to rewrite the rules of music history. On December 22nd, 2023, they're unleashing the Orcish Eclipse, an extraordinary achievement, and the world's inaugural AI-generated full-length heavy metal album. I don't think that's true, by the way. It is not, in fact. The Orcish Eclipse represents an unprecedented fusion of technology and music, breaking new ground in the realm of heavy metal. With a history of just three tracks, including over 700,000 YouTube views, 325,000 Spotify streams, and more than 800,000 TikTok views, as well as accolades from Forbes, Metal Hammer, Rock Hard, Tank the Tech, Nick Nocturnal, NDR Blue, Anonymous, and Spark Magazine, Frostbite or Kings has solidified their presence as a force to be reckoned with. Uh-huh. As fans eagerly anticipate this monumental release, Frostbite or Kings invites everyone to be a part of this revolutionary journey. The Orcish Eclipse isn't just an album. It's an extraordinary milestone that signifies the limitless potential of heavy metal. The album features 10 exceptional tracks, three of which, by the way, have the word night in the title that I found out. Yep. Showing the pure dedication to pushing the boundaries of heavy music and will be available digitally and on different, strictly limited, physical editions. About the Metalverse, at the heart of the Metalverse lies a groundbreaking approach to musical creation. Compositions are crafted by AI-trained in-house, in harmonious collaboration with the insights of real musicians. Future creative decisions of the band can be actively influenced by fans of Metalverse bands. This fusion of human and artificial creativity results in musical expressions that are awe-inspiring and uniquely innovative, opening up new potential in the fields of music, immersive live events and gaming experiences no now there we go a gaming of course you know the the real um barrier that the shredders had to finding success was right is that they had having the fucking, a gaming experience was because they had the fucking like crypto coin associated with it this is finding a different uh, uh, you know, roundabout way to try to monetize off of the shit, but uh, it's not associated with some completely opaque crypto minting NFT process. Uh, so they're trying to find a way to make this more palatable for people that aren't necessarily completely all in on a grift that's completely done by now. Right. This will be a, a mobile game where they can get money so you can farm more orc coins and you get to hear 10 seconds of a new orc king song. Which is doomed for failure as well. Don't get me wrong. This is going fucking nowhere. But it is smarter on these guys' part that they're not immediately associating with join the Discord to get access to future NFT drops with your crypto coin currency purchases. Like all of that shit that nobody wants to do. Yeah, it's so. it's less work and less scammy and has a more, in quotes, fun aspect to it. Right. So... <clears throat> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I, 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 I just wanted to clarify that point. So they, they put out a music video in like the past two weeks, and it was a lyric video. 
And we did the same thing with the shredders. Would you like to go through these AI generated lyrics? I would love to. Frostbite or Kings, when I fall. Which way to your world? You look long enough. I know you fear me. Which way to your world? You look long enough. I know you fear me. Okay, mm-hmm. that's sure. strong. Those are words. Start. Yeah. Turn it in your mind. Look at the sky and fear the sea. I know you fear me, but you also fear the sea. While do you're you looking fear, at the sky. Do you fear the bee? What pulled, What else can we fear? Pulled into the light in my sleep at night by hand of fate. Stand in our way, shield of our hand, lie and await. What the fuck? What does that mean? You're you're just not an orc king. You just you don't get it. No, I'm a a mere orc duke at this point at best. You know this is the way, the way it has to be. What would this world want to do with me? Who am I that you cannot see? Oh, set me free. Rage, rage, rage against the sky. Uh Uh-huh. When I fall and I know they are back for more, sing it in your heart. More and more, you look at me. I rise when I fall. When I fall to the end of time, I raise a flame. They know my name. More and more, you look at me. I rise when I fall, when I fall. And I can see you. Try to search your mind, because your pain won't die. Seize the day, will fall, against my will, in blood-red times. And then it repeats the chorus for like the next two minutes. That was nothing but gibberish. And it's actually... The more I think about it, it's making me matter and matter, to be honest with you. There is no coherent uh, point of view on this one in that it's uh, this um, this narrator is both a force that is unknown and to be feared, but it's also something that is constantly persecuted and falling. But even though it's falling, it's able to regenerate and it's rising, which is making it more inspirational and stronger. It's bullshit. A pile of fucking nonsense bullshit, and I hate it, and it's making me mad. I am a big, strong, mean orc that is also afraid of going to the beach. That is essentially what's going on here. It that's a, No, that's giving it too much credit. These are just words thrown together, uh, taken from that fucking Stanford study 10 years ago about the most commonly used words in metal, and just all of them are pushed in together. It means nothing. Anybody that's involved with this doesn't actually care about creating uh, a coherent or at least a meaningful experience because I know exactly who's behind this. Do you, do you want to know? I would love to know who has the balls, the balls to put out a lyric video with those as your lyrics and for people <clears throat> to be like, yeah, this is great. This is going to make a lot of sense here in a few. Uh, This Forbes article, AI generated music with real human fans is the title. And I think that they should put an asterisk there after real human fans, because I have yet to see any proof 
that that is true after reading this article. That's some real, I have a real human girlfriend. She lives in Canada. You don't know her vibe. Absolutely. This is uh, by Charlie Fink, who is a former tech executive covering AI, XR, and the metaverse for Forbes. So Charlie Fink, you are already incredibly sus. (laughs) (laughs) You are a dork ass dork. And I fear that you have something to gain from writing about this. Correct. We start here. There's a popular new heavy metal band on social media, the Frostbite Orc Kings, whose animated videos of are racking up millions of views. I read that exactly as it's written. (laughs) Um, Their music is created by an AI model from a startup based in Bingen, Germany. Musical Bits, founded in late 2021 by Stefan Schmidt, a singer guitar player, piano player, and composer who has toured internationally with his metal acapella band Van Canto. Oh, no. Yeah. While working a day job in AI. So there you go. Van Canto strikes again. Van Canto, most famous for doing funny mouth noises to sound like Metallica songs, who were a joke really almost 20 years ago. Yes, correct. Like the metal forums were the big thing. They were the band that everyone made fun of because they do rum-da-dum-ba-da-rum-da-dum-ba-tari. And that was supposed to be like a a good thing. People, they've shown up on like Vakken on stages doing that shit because Europeans are weird. But oh, this this just goes to show uh, never give a gimmick band any oxygen. You've got to stuff snuff them out immediately, like in the womb. <laughs> um, so we'll, sorry, we'll continue here. Uh, quote Steve Schmidt of Van Canto. It was finally the idea to bring two of the things I love together, A.I., and heavy metal. Yeah. According to Schmidt, musical bits innovation is based on what they call creativity layers, which stack the creative parts of composition like arrangement, rhythm, instrumental interplay, interplay harmony, melodies, lyrics, and text on top of each other, with each layer having its own set of custom-built and trained AI models. We started this thing's in the style of hard rock and heavy metal, because this is where our domain expertise and that of the team members lies, says Schmidt, of a small team of creative technologists and musicians. We're also working with external artists that bring these domain expertise for other genres or instrumentations, like orchestral arrangements, like EDM stuff, where you cannot just ask one person to do it, but you need the different domain experts from a musician side as well to make a meaningful system. So already, uh, Jordan, he's saying that uh, they're not going to be content just with uh, creating awful uh, fake ass amount of Marth music. There's a plan. Yeah. They they have an idea and they're ready to unleash it on the world uh, in many different ways, hoping that one of them catches on. And before we get back into it, it's I have this fear that within the next <gasps> five years, give or take, that whether it's metal, it's rock, it'll probably be like something rock. A song will come out and it'll be a hit mm-hmm. and it'll be too big for like people to get mad about when they find out it's AI. Like a, a label is going to find a good way to do this. They're going to do like a Paramore band where it's 
you know, uh, good looking people writing a catchy light rock song that can be played on rock radio or pop radio. And either they're going to make people up or they'll have real people like take pictures of them and say they're the band, but you never see them live or they'll yep. pantomime playing their one song at iHeartRadio Festival. And by the time it comes out that it's not a real thing, it's all computer, it'll be too much of a big hit. And then that's just going to open everything up and people will accept it as just, yep, it's it sounds good. I don't care. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Schmidt says that the music, the music musical bits produces is completely proprietary. So um, that's an interesting wrinkle on the AI generated thing, because I don't think that's going to hold up either. He says here, if their model produces something that sounds like another band, they might still get sued for copyright infringement, even if they didn't train on that. Copyright in music is about how it sounds and the lyrics, not about how the music human musician was trained, said Dimitri Shapiro, founder and CEO of UOI, which I think is like a, a gay manga thing, and former CTO of MySpace Music. Mm. He continues and says, one could, should argue that all composers have been influenced by others that came before them and their contemporaries, and therefore argue a model trained on publicly available music is no more infringing on copyright than a human musician who has been influenced by listening to the music. Let's see if that holds up in court, you fucking bitch. Uh, I would <laughs> I would suggest this guy look up George Harrison's court case. <laughs> Microsoft. It did, not, it, it did not end yeah. well for George Harrison in that one. Yeah. My sweet lord, good song, but unfortunately, so is he's so fine. Yeah, great song. Unfortunately, not his. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft just indemnified its licensed users against any claims their AI has violated anyone's copyrights. Getty licensed its 34 million image library to Adobe for its Fireflies AI, which integrated into Photoshop. Adobe, too, indemnified its users. Well, we've heard a lot about music models trained on all the world's music, which may be why both Google and Meta are not releasing their text-to-music generative AI. But artists are out there training their own models, which is what Musical Bits has done. Stable Diffusion launched a new web-based AI audio platform, Stable Audio, last week. It, too, was trained with a licensed dataset consisting of 800,000 mu- audio files containing music, sound effects, single instrument stems, and text metadata da- from Audio Sparks. Stable audio, st- blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to fucking read the ad copy for this. The goal of Musical Bits and its business plan is different. Like the rest of the music business, it's about hits and acts, like Orc Kings not underscoring a football montage on YouTube. Jens DeVos is a European tour manager with vast experience in the music industry. I asked the most basic question, are the Frostbite or Kings good? Do people really like their music or is it a gimmick? Jens says, the first time I heard the first song, Guardians of Time, I was on tour with a band I worked for. I checked it out with a lot of people around a laptop and to be honest with you, everyone really loved it. I can still recall it has this great hook. The rest of the tour, everyone was humming that melody, said DeVos. This could easily have fooled us into believing Frostbite or Kings was a real band. I would like to note here, this is the only proof in the entire article of the actual headline here, AI-generated music with real human fans. (laughs) 
This is the only indication that a real human has listened to this and or likes it. This guy who is not naming a single name, just like, yeah, all my friends were there. We loved it. And just in that statement, I think is very revealing. We were huddled around the laptop. So uh-huh. the sound is going to be squashed down. Mm-hmm. You just with shitty laptop speakers. And they said it didn't. It sounded real. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> which sounded isn't, real. Which isn't exactly we like it. And they were humming the melody. That's cool. That's a melody. It doesn't mean you like it. It's easy to get a melody stuck in your head. It happens to literally every single one of us every day. So it's like, not exactly meow mix jingle going through my head every second of every day <laughs> i know you can read my thoughts boy <laughs> um we fed our system with potential output sounds like in our style explained schmidt with snare hits and bass drum hits with guitar power chords with single scales everything you need going down to the smallest sibyls, syllables or phenomes of a singer and then the other thing we trained is how it should be played. So we had a real drummer drumming for 40 hours in a specific style. We had musicians that played chord progressions that are related to a certain emotion or style. And out of all of those elements, the system picks first the musical elements, the concepts like chord progressions, arrangements, how to play drums together with guitars. Then they are painstakingly annotated by the musicians, which is the time-consuming part. What they are doing is very interesting. When sampling first came in, engineers hired musicians to create samples, and there was no copyright issue with that, says legendary music executive and producer Albie Galutin. Sure. Who is now seen Yeah, who is now senior fellow of technology initiatives at Intertrust Technologies, a pioneer in digital rights management. All of those things just scream war crime to me. <laughs> It just sounds just, like the the evil company in a sci-fi movie, like Umbrella. Yeah, I I love working for Omnicorp. <laughs> Omni Slaughter. Uh, yeah, this is similar in that the training set is being created with full permission. The larger question for me is how fans relate to the bands. It's not just about the music; it's also about the personality and the emotional connection to the musicians. I think without that it will be difficult to move listeners deeply. Musical Bits, The Frostbite Orkings, will release the first fully AI-created heavy metal album on December 22nd. Schmidt says it will be promoted just like any other albums promoted. We do not necessarily want to brand it as AI-generated. We think it's better to create something and then have people surprised by learning how it was made afterwards. The business plan calls for the company to license components of its software. So, for example, the drum generator would be a product. It would also be a product to generate guitars to drums. It would be a product to generate lyrics. God, I can't wait to buy that. It'd be a product to generate a vocal line to lyrics. The complete system where you can create the complete composition currently is what we are using internally, and this is the final goal to have this as a product. But it's not the near-term goal where we can say this is the product in two months. We will take it a step-by-step. Schmidt envisions a diverse product range, from drum generators to lyric generators and more. Our ultimate aspiration is a holistic system that births complete compositions and musical worlds. We're adopting a phase strategy to realize this dream. So there you go. That's your article. There's one thing I like about someone who listens to a lot of music, who makes a lot of music, and is just you know a human being, is to be sold products over yes. and over forever. Yes, it's worth noting that 
this is not the the goal of this is not necessarily to have the frostbite orc kings this fake band blow up the goal is to get enough attention on this that he can turn around and sell his ai generative products to other people looking to try to make money with a fake band so what what do you make of that what what do you what, what does this all say to you uh it's weird to hear him lay it out like that having real people put in the work like said they had a real drummer and guitar and to completely remove the soul out of it out of the music feeding it into machines all of this work of other people having it spit out a song with lyrics like we just talked about and then to move on to other sorts of things all in an effort to make money like there's there's nothing to any of this. The end no. goal is to turn you upside down and shake your pockets so all of your money falls out. Right. And the, the the thing is, you you mentioned like they they have other plans to do stuff. The metal verse, the word that has not just been used by them. Like I know the shredders used it too, and I think when they had Ozfest in the metaverse they called it metalverse like it's just like a cutesy name yeah but apparently it's actually a thing that they're trying to promote because they have a youtube channel as well with the name metalverse and they put out a video that was metalverse origin land flyover it was only a minute long so it's like well let me see what this is and it's like a world of warcraft map that lays out different lands in the metalverse and they preview some of these other bands that they're going to be putting out. And one of them is Frostbite or Kings from the right. Nocturnal Norths. Some band called Heat Seekers from Divine Deserts, who sound like shitty ACDC. Just like ACDC, yeah. Yeah. And um, the other one that they have, at least ready now, is something called Melodial from the Heroic Highlands which sounds like it's geared directly to Napalm Records because it's like power folk metal. Uh, It sucks. All of it sucks. But I love that they show previews of like a quick AI generated like Lava Land or whatever. It looks exactly like Dark Souls for the Xbox 360, but they don't actually have any music over it or a band mentioned. It's like, yeah, we'll we'll get around to this eventually. <laughs> we'll get around to making a doom band. We'll get around to making a black metal band. We'll get around to yeah. a post black metal band. They have their. It's all gimmicked up. That's going to be surrounded by this metalverse label, and they're going to try. They're going to try very hard to get people to a like the music, and then b try to buy all the products that made this music. Because who needs a real band? Who needs practice? Who needs to do all this stuff? When you can just click a few buttons and it'll spit out music for you. You can throw it up wherever people buy music. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, To this point, every attempt that we've seen at this, and these guys are trying. They're putting all of their time, money, like all the big money players are putting all of their time and money, all their eggs into this one basket. And to this point... All of this investment, all of this technology has not made a single fucking thing worth listening to. Uh, I guess my question is, does that change one day or is this just going to be a continued uh, fruitless attempt to try to squeeze blood out of a stone? I think people are going to keep trying to do this. The bigger concern is when 
someone or some company with a lot of money behind them puts forth the effort to try to do something like a Sony or an Apple, like when they decide this is the thing that's going to happen, they may make it good enough where it can pass. And from then on out, it's going to be movies, soundtracks. They're not going to use the songs that we, you know, we know they're going to use their own generated Bruce Springsteen. So there's a lot of potential for this to like have a domino effect where it's good enough where people with the actual capabilities can make it better and can fool people into liking it. And then on out, you have festivals with this stuff. You don't need to pay people. We don't need to pay crews to build a stage. We'll just have a little metaverse hologram with Hatsune Miko on it. I guess what I'm trying to say here is like, I just, I know that they're trying, they're trying their little hearts out. I just don't see it catching on with an audience the way that they want it to. Like, I don't know if you've seen the Adobe Photoshop ads with the child, like creating her own birthday card. Have you seen that? I don't think so. I've seen other things similar to it, but that's with technology is a lot of those commercials right now. Like, look what the future will bring to you. One day you, your daughter can play soccer against Pele. Yeah, like specifically with Photoshop, because Adobe has brought the licenses for all kinds of shit, so you can't get sued. But like the use case that you show off is a literal six-year-old saying like, I want a fucking blue unicorn with a kitten and a rainbow. And it's just like, yes, this is making bad art for children. There is no other use case here because anybody else can see it sucks. (laughs) You have to be a literal child fucking around on your parents' computer to think this is worthwhile in any way. And that's how I feel about everything AI generated at this point. So will that change? I don't know. I don't see it, but it could. I just don't don't have faith in the average person. I don't have faith in the average executive. (laughs) To like look past this or to like recognize the implications or that it's just bad. I think... I think there's an audience out there that will buy into it. I mean, especially if it's something tribal or something people want to get behind. Like how many bad sports teams are out there that are terrible for 40 years that still people cheer for and go see play and they go 0 and 16 in a season. So it's just if something that's mildly decent with music, like to us, this stuff sounds very fake. Like you can hear how processed it is and you know how crummy it sounds, but I feel like there are people out there that'll just be like, Yeah, this sounds good. Raise your sword up high. This is fun music to listen to while I game or you know, work my crummy job. So I think the more this happens, the more potential it is for something to at least squeak on by that passes muster. Like maybe it's like possible. metal may not be the <laughs> the way this gets done another form of music will do it like a country song if you create a persona of like a pretty blonde lady that's singing about how she misses her dog and she loves america there will be people that'll buy it tough to say it's tough to say um who knows what the future holds here but i am maintaining some faith not in the general public, but that the people that put together these fake products still just don't quite get it. And it's never going to work out the way. Again, like it's worth noting uh, the the guy with quote unquote metal clout behind this 
is the guy from fucking Van Canto. <laughs> from one gimmick so, to another. Exactly. Have so you I wish have you considered but, having a real band, sir. Yeah, for real. Getting a get a real fucking job too. Oh, I work in AI technology. Be a janitor. Use something fucking real in this world. Fuck you. Be a scab on the auto workers line. At least you'd physically be doing something. Exactly. Well, that's I think that's all I've got for today. I would like to wish the guy from fucking Van Canto eternal pain and misery and uh, all of our listeners uh, a lovely rest of your weeks. Uh, if uh, if you like the show, what else can folks do here? You can go to toiletofhell.com. You could sign up for a Patreon, patreon.com slash hell where we put out bonus podcast episodes and mixtapes. You could join our Discord. You can send us an email, uh, toiletofhell at gmail.com or toiletofhellradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Blue Sky, on Twitter, at toiletofhell, at Joe Thrash and Kill. And I think that's it. I think that's it, yeah. Uh, so for all of you, uh, keep on rocking in the free world. We'll see you next time.
listening to 66.6 FM, Radio TOVH, The Flush.